This is the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where it's all about getting the information you need from successful leading marketers to build and grow your digital marketing agency. Brought to you by Itumar Shafir, founder and CEO of Umbrella, the technology platform and brand that is powering thousands of marketing agencies around the country. Find him at UmbrellaUS.com. Now, here's your host, Kevin Pruitt. I want to welcome you to another great episode of the Marketing Umbrella Podcast. As always, this podcast was created to bring you the best and brightest in the marketing space, and today is no exception. Our guest today is the founder of Confident Live Marketing Academy and is the host of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. He helps entrepreneurs to level up their impact, authority, and profits by using live video confidently. He's the founder of Seriously Social, a blog focused on live video and social media tools, He's an international speaker, trainer, teacher, and consultant. Don't know when the man sleeps. He has a passion for making the techno babble of live video and social social media marketing easy to understand. In addition to all this, he's a geek, husband, a dad to two kids, and he is also a professional singer and lives near Manchester in the United Kingdom. Join me in welcoming my friend of the podcast, Ian Anderson Gray. Thanks so much, Kevin. I'm so excited to be here with you. It's been a while since we last spoke. So it has you. been. It has been. It's, it's going to be good to catch up in, in a little bit of a different venue, different space. But the, the the interesting question that came to me when I was I was kind of jotting down some notes before we started, I, I thought, I'm going to ask him, what is the first thing that people notice when they look at your brand, when they have when you've been introduced to them online or whatever, what did, have you ever asked them say, what was the thing that stuck out that caused you to take that extra second and stop? That's a really, I've never been asked that question before. I think when people have, when I've spoken to people in the past, I, I would like to say it's my lovely personality and my, my great sense of humor. Uh, I would I attest think, to that. <laughs> <laughs> I think Often it's, I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently, and I think what set me apart in the early days was the fact that what I get really kind of frustrated when people make things difficult or put barriers in the way. And so some of my early blog posts were all about making things easy, like the, the Facebook Live article that went bananas and has had over six and a half million page views. Back in those days, Facebook Live was really hard. And, so, mm -hmm. and I just, I found it annoying there were all these blog posts and it was almost as if the content creators were gloating in how difficult this was and that they knew the answer and that the mere mortals out there didn't. And so I, I think I go out my way to give as much detail as possible to try and make it as easy to understand as possible. And I think that is part of my brand. I do try and make, I try and be, uh, bring fun into it. Yep. I think personality is important. You know, I'm, I'm a big believer in personal brand. I don't really know any other way. I just, I'm just me. I'm authentic, whatever that means these days. But I, I, I find it very difficult not to be me. Uh, and I think, I think that is another thing about me that kind of what you see is what you get. Uh, I think people, when they meet me in real life, they realize, yeah, I'm just, I'm just the same person. Yeah, that's right. You're the same person I saw on LinkedIn. I saw on Facebook. I saw on Twitter. I saw on whatever, whatever social media. I, I think yeah. that, that it is interesting because um, I think another advantage to that is it almost pre-qualifies, you know, people like they're, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to love me or hate me. I mean, it's, yeah. and yeah, yeah. so we can, we can get that out of the way really early. And 
And that's uh, true. And I, I actually have to say, I found that quite hard to begin with because I'm going to be honest. I'm a recovering people pleaser, and I, I kind of want to be liked. And I think I found it hard. I think I think a lot of people are like this. Let's be let's be honest about yep. it. Um, but actually, if you're just you and you have people that you're just not their cup of tea, that's great. Because if what what's the worst that you know, the worst thing is if somebody hires you like as a consultant or a coach and they're like a nightmare client and it's usually because they're just not a good fit. Mm. So if I can get if I can just repel all those people, <laughs> that's great, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's I mean, it's kind of the whole montage of, of like you niche down until you find your your specific market or whatever this idea yeah. is and your product market fit. But the, the interesting thing is that um, you, you hear people out there talk about personal brand, but they also talk about don't build a personal brand around your name or or your personality or whatever it is, because that's not reproducible. That's not you. You know, that's a one generation strategy. Have you thought about that as well? And how have you, how have you kind of made, um, you know, kind of formed your strategy that says, you know, this is, this is me, but this is bigger than me. That's really interesting, you know, and I think for me, the reasons why some people say it's not a good idea are actually the reasons why I think it is a good idea. So in some ways, the scalability, the lack of scalability is also like an advantage. Mm, great However, that the, 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 there are definite concerns there. And I think it's answered in what you said about it being bigger than me. Because ultimately, the, the, the big thing for me that the thing that I'm really wanting to work on, uh, the thing I'm trying to grow, the thing that I actually yearn for is to build and grow a community of people who kind of, it's not really about loving me or loving my content. It's about people who think in a similar way. Uh, and yes, I can help them, but they can help each other and we can grow together. Uh, and so it becomes, uh, and I, I don't, I'm not, I, I'm not like a big name like Mark Schaefer, but Mark Schaefer is a great example here because he's, uh, in his community, he's got a community called the Rise Community. He's he's created this community that's bigger than him. Mm. It started off with him, but the people in that community are producing this amazing stuff. And and to give you an example, uh, I'm actually a co-author with Mark and about twenty or thirty other authors. We're creating this book called the the uh, the best marketing book ever. And that is as a result, yes, Mark has done a lot of work, but it's actually the collaboration with the people in that. And um, that I, I think that that is where the, the strength lies. It becomes beyond you. you. You might start it, but the personal brand ends up growing bigger than you could ever realize. I, speaking of personal brand, I mean, you have... Uh... I mean, you've had kind of this upward right hockey stick growth over the last few years and, and, you know, just watching you kind of from a distance. I mean, it's interesting to see how you tend to pop up more frequently and in different venues now than you say you would have, you know, two or three years ago. But the, the whole idea of, of, you know, I, I just woke up one day and I wrote this, you know, why not to use HubSpot article and then it exploded. I mean, this, what was the journey? I mean, take us back even pre that, you know, what were you doing before? How did you kind of step into the marketing space? 
Yeah. Uh, so, and as you alluded to before, I actually, I trained as a musician. So music's my background. I've, I've married a musician, but I've always been interested in technology. I set up a, basically when I was a, when I was a training to be a singer at college, I started designing websites. This is back in the early 2000s. So I really loved the geeky side of it. Mm -hmm. I ended up designing uh, websites for my musician friends, launched a web agency with my dad, quickly realized that's a bad idea because musicians don't have any money. So we had to broaden <laughs> out and uh, fast forward to 2011. I was procrastinating like mad I, uh, about the idea of setting up my own blog. I was overthinking it, uh, but I set up my, my blog and I started writing about what I was interested in. And at the time it was social media. It was a, it was a big thing. There was technology that was there to try and make it easy. I went and played around with Hootsuite. Thought there's lots of really good things about it, but there's a lot of things that are really frustrating about it. And I saw a lot of people talking about how amazing it was. And I looked into it. I thought that these guys are, these are all affiliate links, aren't they? That they're just kind of <laughs> saying stuff to get the, the clicks. And so I started, well, it would be really interesting to look at the flip side. I, I, I wasn't against Hootsuite, but let's look at the flip side. What are the reasons why you might not want to do it? And so I wrote that article. It was four reasons not to use Hootsuite. I added another three minutes, seven. Uh, and out of the blue, it, it kind of went viral. Um, and I think Hootsuite were really bemused at this as well. I, I've heard that I was kind of infamous around Hootsuite. <laughs> and uh, they couldn't really understand why. Um, but I think it was because I went into a lot of detail and I tried to, because the, the, the problem that I, I saw was there was all these social media tools out there, but like, how on earth do you choose what the best one is? And I, so, so that's, I started blogging with, with that. I, I wrote other articles. I wrote this Facebook live article. Um, but I did, I'll be honest. I felt a little bit like an imposter because I hadn't trained in marketing, I had this musical background, I had this tech background. I think what I've realized since is that is both an advantage and a disadvantage. And the advantage, I think, is that I, I saw things in a different way. I saw things from outside looking in. And I think that's, uh, and because I had a unique view on this and a unique perspective on this, I was able to create, create content that I think was really valuable to people. Um, and because of those, because of the blogs, I ended up being asked to speak at conferences. Like the big one was social media marketing world back in 2016. Yeah. And it was actually at that conference when I pivoted over to live video, uh, Facebook live came out in 2016. I wrote this article, I launched a course and I was actually on stage at social media marketing world in front of a thousand people with a few other speakers who were all musical and we were all singing on stage <laughs> it was kind of a, a parody on networking and i was thinking to myself what on earth am i doing like and then i thought this is amazing like i've yeah. got this singing background i've got this performance background i'm interested in social media i'm speaking on marketing uh and this epiphany moment happened that my background as a performer as a teacher and as a marketer came together in the form of what became the confident live brand uh and that's that's when i pivoted over over to that um fast forward to today and i'm i'm still doing that but i'm actually in the process of i think we need to be constantly evolving mm -hmm. live video 
has been around for a while. So my my next focus is going to be on. I've got this real b- belief that I, I really want to help people with their confidence uh, on stage, uh, in in how they they present themselves, communication. But I'm also interested in this evolution we're having in the moment in marketing when it comes to AI, the metaverse. There's a yeah. lot of people out there who are again making it too complicated and and putting up the barriers and that really really annoys me and i want to make it i want to demystify it and make it easy for people so that's that's kind of where i'm going so i we're just waiting on the next blog article that says seven reasons not to use chat gpt or, or, <laughs> or, or why you I don't, don't think that's use gonna happen, ai but... to do live video you know or something like that so i think yeah i mean i, I think that's that's a hot we could do a whole podcast episode on on that i i i think you know ai is here to stay yeah i think there are absolute like things we should be concerned about there were definite no-nos but there, i think there are thing ways that we can use technology like chat gbt in a really constructive way. One one thing that I'm I'm actually using ChatGPT to to is is to help me not write my blog posts, but to come up with a structure, come up with ideas. And quite yeah. often I will ditch a lot of the ideas, but it, it gets my brain going. Yep. Uh, but I'm also thinking of putting at the top of all my articles a disclaimer. Maybe disclaimer is the wrong word, but just say this article has not been written using AI because I'm actually seeing quite a lot of articles out there that are most definitely being written by AI. Right. AI. And I think as a content creator, there's a kind of a, always like it's moral, uh, what am I trying to say? I just think, you know, for people come to my blog post to read what I want to say, mm-hmm. not what AI is wanting to say. Yeah. So yeah, use AI it to help you in the process to come up with ideas, but don't let AI write the whole thing. Um, and I think, I think it's more important than just, yeah the i mean not not just a disclaimer but it's also a i think it's a marketing tool that says you know yeah. hey, this is the yeah. genuine article this is not yeah i'm just not generating you know i'm just not shooting these out the backside of a you know a request through chat gpt <laughs> i mean this is yeah. not a you know an assembly line so to speak of, of content generation but um i i um i'm curious to get your take on video just let's just talk about the video space in marketing mm. So I know you've kind of, you know, focused primarily in that area, but um, where is that headed in, you know, where AI is concerned? Because, I mean, I'm seeing some of these videos that are just remarkably close to, you know, it's hard to tell if this is fake or this is not, this is... Or, gen- or AI generated, I guess, is is the whole idea that yeah, you know, the we're mouth not movement there. is so much better. The yeah, it's yeah. not, it's not, it's not foolproof. By it's a bit. Means, it's, I it's think close. we're at the creepy stage at the moment because I, I got um, <laughs> what I did work. actually, I I I had had some fun with this. I got Chat GPT to cut to generate some content based on me. I then used Descript. There's a tool called Descript to speak that in my voice Mm -hmm. and then i uploaded that to this uh, ai tool that i so i uploaded my image and it Mm -hmm. then made me speak those words it was creepy it it just it was it was weird but i think when we get to chat we're already on chat gpt4 we'll probably be having chat gpt5 um in the in the relatively near future and i think that's gonna be introduce video into that we're already getting tools with video so it, it's coming 
Yeah. Um, and I, I think this is what, you know, I alluded to this when it came to that disclaimer on blog posts. I think this is why live video in particular is going to be even more important. Uh, I, I think since, since we've come out of this kind of couple of weird couple of years of all being kind of on Zoom all the time, uh, I think people, live video has had a little bit of a dip because everyone wants to go out into the real world and meet people. But I think we're going to get it more in the future because people will be really wanting to get away from the AI videos and actually um, see people who they in an authentic way. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be, yes, we'll use AI video. And I'm not against using that, but I think it has, it, it has, it only has specific use, use cases. So I think that's going to be really interesting. And, I think people are going to, you know, I've really struggled. I struggled really quite badly in the early days of getting myself on camera. I was really nervous. I felt like a complete idiot. You might not think that now, but at the time I was really, really nervous. And I think a lot of people are like that. I think we're, we're, we're going to still need to get over those nerves and get in front of the camera. It yeah. does take more work, but I think people are going to want that authentic human connection, which you're not, you're not going to get with AI. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. And you're, I, I love the way you described it. You know, we're kind of in the creepy stage because it is, it is, and you can see it's, it's, you know, CG generated and it's the whole idea of, you know, the yeah. mouth's not moving quite right and the eyes are maybe <laughs> pointing two different directions or something like that. But well, it, it's, it's what, what I found was it, it's the, it's the eyes. So I, I, I've, I don't know if you've ever met people, met somebody like this, but it's very disconcerting because they, they smile at you, but not with the eyes. So it's like this, hello, I'm, <laughs> I'm really pleased to meet you. And, you know, if you're listening to the, this podcast, you, it, you won't get that, but it, it just looks really creepy. Uh, and and it doesn't look genuine and yeah. and i think i think that's ai is gonna get really close it may well be able to completely fool you and impersonate a human being i've actually got no doubt about that it will do the technology will happen but deep down we yearn individually for human connection and you're not going to get that with ai you're going to be you're still going to have that kind of in the back of your mind. Is this actually a human being? And, mm. I, and I think that's going to, I, 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 well, I hope that's always going to be the case. I, that's my hope as well as my belief. Do you think that, um, that video, I mean, if, in, if your opinion in the video space, if you're talking to say marketing agency owners, what is the most effective use of video in marketing? Is it short form? Is it, you know, because we have the attention span of a gnat, you know, is that, or is it, or, you know, is there still a demand for a longer form, you know, mm. a good content creation or whatever? What, how would you coach marketing agencies on the use of video in their marketing space? It's a great question, a really difficult one to answer because, you know, the, the, the simple answer or the popular answer would be, yeah, short form, you know, go on TikTok, go on Instagram. That's where all the views are. It's not as simple as that. I think it depends yeah, think so. on your audience, your demographics. Uh, and yeah, Instagram reels, TikToks, you may well get a lot of views, but does that ultimately equate to what or give you what you want? Uh, and it's interesting. There's a lot of content creators or there's a significant minority of content creators that are starting to look at how much money they're making, say, from TikTok or 
uh, and think ah, this isn't quite i'm yes i'm getting a lot of views mm -hmm. but it's not actually giving me what i want and so i'm not saying don't use shorts on, uh, on and it's the same on youtube as well yeah uh youtube shorts isn't necessarily going to translate into more views on your regular youtube videos and clicks through to your website so it depends on what you're wanting to do um i i personally um so i i think as a as a some somebody with a personal brand and somebody who creates content for a living I think you also need to take into account what you actually enjoy mm -hmm. and what gets you up in the morning. And for me personally, I don't enjoy shorts. I don't enjoy watching shorts. I don't enjoy making shorts. Uh, and life, <laughs> and life is too short. So <laughs> why? No why, pun intended. You know, so like exactly. Uh, so I did. I did spend a lot of time creating Instagram reels and TikToks, and 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 I just for me just. I, I was following what everyone else was saying and thinking that mm -hmm. I needed to do the same. If it makes sense for you to do short form content and you're looking at the evidence, you're looking at what it actually is going to give you, do it. Absolutely do it. You don't mind me. I might hate shorts, but you do it. But you've, you've got to think what is right for you, for your mm -hmm. audience, and then test it out. And if it doesn't work, ditch it. Uh, because actually, I would say on YouTube, for example, that the mid, I would say mid form content. So you're looking at four, 10, 15 minute, that is still doing really well. And actually long form content, like there are some people who are listening to podcasts and watching videos that are two, three hours long. Wow. Would you believe? Yeah. I'm Joe Rogan um, episode. Exactly. Yeah. You know, love and hate him. Joe Rogan's yeah. podcast is like killing it. And some of the episodes are like three, four hours long. So yeah, you know, You've got to think about your audience. And I think there's a growing audience out there that don't want the fluff, superfluous content that you get on shorts. Mm -hmm. Sorry to be negative, but that's no, just that's not at all. Yeah. And and they're wanting, they're space, wanting kind yeah. of more in-depth yeah. stuff. I uh it's it's interesting is that to hear you talk and and in just, you know, if, if I can if I can find a thread, you know, in all the things that you've said so far. I mean that the, the I loved the coin little phrases, you know, based on what I've learned during the podcast episode. But if I had to, if I had to, to title this episode, I would almost, um, I had it there on the, on the tip of my tongue. It's, it's almost like a contrarian confidence, you know, mm -hmm. like I can think back of that, the, the things you said, well, I thought I was going to doing this, but actually I did the exact opposite. You know, everyone was talking about how great HubSpot was, and I, I took the other tack. I, I well, here are the things that are not great about it. Everyone says short form is the way to go. Well, actually, mm. I like long form better. You know, everyone said don't use, don't build something around your name. You know, it's, then the, there's a there's a phrase in the, in the states called name, image, and likeness around college athletes. You know, NIL, mm. and uh, you know it's almost like don't build it around your own personal name because it's not it has a one generation strategy type thing. You're like, well, actually, you know, that may be your strength. So I love that this this whole, you know, contrarian confidence that you're exhibiting in building your brand, you know, and building the, the movement and the tribe, you know, around that. Yeah, but I just, I just if I could just come in there and say, like, I want to be real here uh, because I've made loads of mistakes uh, and I've I've doubted myself a lot. Yes, my brand is confident live, but part of the reason. My brand is confident live is because I've really struggled with confidence. 
Uh, and that's coming, coming back to what I think attracts my perfect audience to me is that they, they can learn with me and they yep. see, see the struggles that I've had along the way. Um, one of the biggest mistakes I think I've been making in the last couple of years is I've been, I've been listening too much to the, the noisy, the noisy marketers and the noisy gurus out there who've been saying, you need to do this. You need to niche down. Not that niching down is bad, but you need to, you need to do this. You need to do this Ian. you know, do this short form content you need. And I'll be honest with you. I've, I got burnt out. I got exhausted mm. because I was constantly doing creating content that just sucked all the energy out of me. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, you've got to follow your, okay. Following your passions is not going to, it's not going to pay the mortgage, you know, in of its own. But if you don't follow your passions, then you're going to get burnt out and you're not going to have an audience because they're going to see that you're creating content like AI is in a sense, you're going to become a robot and that's not good. So yes, you need to have a, like a strong business plan. You do need to have a strategy, but the strategy might be that you're following your instincts. You're following your gut. Um, yes. Listen to whether people are interested in that, but I, I, I just think don't just follow the crowd. And I follow, I, I think I, for too long was following the crowd. I wasn't to begin with. And then I thought, Oh, may maybe I need to follow the crowd now. Okay. I'm <laughs> But I don't think you need to. I, th I don't think you need to follow the crowd. You need to follow follow your instincts, and you need to surround yourself with good people who are not just going to like be an echo chamber for what mm. everyone else is saying. Yeah. Um, and yeah. yeah. So I, anyway, I'll get off my soapbox now. Great point. <laughs> I, and I, I I still I st I stand by the uh, the two word descriptor because it's not that you've achieved the confidence; it's that that's the goal. You know, that yes. really is. And yes. it's, it's interesting because you talk about following your gut, you know, and, and being passionate about it. what gets you out of bed in the morning. I mean, a little bit of that is the is the fact that by following your gut, you, it does lead you to that uh, in some ways in, in, in a contrarian direction, you know, sometimes against what other people are saying. But um, I, I mean, I, I would love I, I think that is such an important, you know, um, I mean, there's a, a you can build a lot around those two words. You know that that it's not contrarian for the sake of contrarian being contrary, but it's contrarian in the sense of I'm trying to seek what is what's real, trying to find really what is real, you know, and what mm. what is the, um, you know the you talk about authenticity, you know, in this space, but what what's working, what's going to work, you yeah. know, and what's going to work for you. But I I am curious if if you're talking to agency owners. Um, what's one thing that we haven't touched on that, that you think is a really important, uh, you know, just clear, concise message that you think that, that they would be really helpful to them as they're, as they're trying to lead their clients in the, in the whole marketing space? Oh, um, you're going through a whole list in your mind right now. Yeah. I, well, it, I, I'm trying to think what the most important thing is. I, th you, uh, this this might seem like overly simplistic or really obvious, but I just see so many so many businesses not doing this or, or agency um, agencies not doing this, and that's it's just listen and know your audience. Mm -hmm. I know that sounds so so obvious, but I think we can we can be so 
um, in our own heads yep. that we don't see what other people, how, how do other people see you? Uh, and this is something that I, I'm thinking about at the moment. But, and you, you kind of asked me this right at the start, didn't you? You said, like, how do other people see you? Mm-hmm. And it's such a good question because, um, and it still slightly floors me sometimes when people ask me that because I think, oh, right, yes, other people. I'm, I'm so kind of, in a sense, obsessed with how I see myself and, and my, I'm in, in the kind of detail stages of, of my strategy. But how, do, how does my audience see me? What are their problems? Yes, uh, you might be there to to make money. Most businesses are, but think about your audience. What what is it, or your customers? What do they want, and how can you how can you help them? How do they see your business? Do they see it in a positive light, in a negative light? Going back to Hootsuite, for example, I don't think they would have liked the fact that I wrote that seven reasons not to use Hootsuite article. Okay, but. I, and I don't know what they did at the start, but they, hopefully what they did is they said, okay, this guy has written this article. Let's, let's look, what are the criticisms yep. that he's got? Are they valid? What do other people say about, are other people agreeing with him? Because otherwise we're just living in this echo chamber uh, um, and we're all congratulating ourselves on how amazing we are. Uh, so listen to your audience. Mm, yeah, I, I, it's, it's interesting you, you bring that up. I, I, a team I lead, um, when we get negative feedback, I mean, the thing I say is separate the messenger from the message, you know, ignore the messenger. What is the content of the message? Consider whatever that is. Is it valid? Do we need to change? Do we need to pivot? Do we need to adjust? Do we need to make amends? Whatever that is, do those things. If not, let the rest of it go. You know, just the whole yeah. idea of really understanding. I mean, taking feedback as a gift of you know, uh, it is, it is feedback. It's, it's, it's a response from your audience, from your clientele, yeah. you know, that says, this is what you're doing and this is what you need to do differently. But and reach out to them, reach out yeah. to them as well. You know, there's a, you know, famous book by Jay Bear, um, hug your haters. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't think Hootsuite, well, Hootsuite did reach out to me years later. Um, but they, what would have been really good is if they reached out to me and said, uh, thank you so much, Ian, for, for writing the article. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, what can we do? Like, what, what, we'd love you to come in. We'd love to fly you first class to Vancouver. You know, <laughs> that would never happen. But you know, just, I think, um, listen, listen to your haters because yeah. you, yes, some of them will be psychopaths and you don't want to listen to them, but yeah. some of them, well, actually be help saying some really helpful things that you should be mm-hmm. listening to. Uh, and as Jay Bear says in his, in his book, you could convert them to be your biggest advocates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is that if you have an advocate who was a hater, mm-hmm. that's, that's powerful. That's that's that is really gold. Powerful. Absolute gold. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, we're about to uh, transition to uh, my favorite part of the podcast here. This is the one that always catches our guests off guard and, and uh yeah here we go it's and it's live we, yeah, we're, we're recording this right now but i'm going to ask you a question a series of just kind of disparate questions and you're going to maybe think what in the world why is he asking these questions but you know go with me there's a method to our madness here at uh, the marketing umbrella podcast but i'm going to ask you just really quick rapid answers so did you get along with your parents growing up i did yeah do you have siblings yes one sister 
do you have a family pet or pets? Unfortunately, not at the moment. They, we had some guinea pigs and they died, but we're getting some new guinea pigs very soon. I think you've answered this one earlier, but in the intro, but children. Yes, we've got uh, two children. What time do you wake up in the morning? <laughs> uh, about 7 a.m. And what time do you get in bed? Uh, quarter to 11, 11 o'clock at night. Ideal vacation spot, money, no object. Oh, my goodness. I just love travel. I just... Um, Anywhere really, outside of Manchester. <laughs> yeah, so it's our 20th wedding anniversary this year. It's, this is not going to happen, but we have this dream of going to Mauritius uh, this summer. Uh, we'd love to just be lovely, idyllic place. But uh, other than that, I'd love to go back to the US. I love the US um, and basically most places in the world. That's not Manchester. <laughs> Welcome anytime. Are you a person of faith? Yes. How does that affect your business? Oh, it's absolutely integral. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, I, I don't, I don't not talk about it, but I don't, you know, I, I, I don't preach, uh, through what I do, but, oh, I don't, you, but it's absolutely central to everything that I do. It, it shapes what are uh, my decisions, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely. And one thing that you could change about the marketing climate today, if you were king for a day. Um, integrity. I don't know how we get that, but a lot more integrity. So I was mentioning before about people just pumping out articles using AI and there's just a lot of sleazy marketing. It, it well, I wouldn't say there's a huge amount, but there's, there's, there's too much of it. Let's put it that way. Uh, I just want more integrity. I want people to be honest. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's the way I am or I try to be at least. So I, I would love more of that. And that I can attest is uh, that we get the real deal when you deal with Ian Anderson Gray. Ian, thank you again for coming on the podcast, my friend, and, and just sharing your expertise and insights. Uh, just tell people where the best place that they can learn more about you, and we're going to close it out. Thank you. Well, I've, I'm on pretty much most of the social networks, so you just search my name, Ian Anderson Gray. My website and my podcast can be found at iag.me. Uh, and iag.me forward slash podcast. So I'd love to connect with you. Just uh, reach out to me. Ian, thank you again for taking time today, friend, and your busy schedule. And just have a great weekend. And let's check in soon. Definitely. Thank you for tuning in to another great episode of the Marketing Umbrella Podcast, where we provide the information you need from successful leading marketers to build and grow your digital marketing agency. To learn more, go to umbrellaus.com.